Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. I am so happy that you're here. Today, we are going to be exploring a hot topic, one that both draws us into the world of growth and personal development and also repulses and repels us (laughs) from the world of personal development. And that is our relationship to setting and meeting goals. Personally, I have grown to really enjoy goal setting, but it wasn't until I made the connection between my emotional depth and my drive that I was able to actually take enjoyment from this process. And you might relate to goal setting how I did for most of my life, which was essentially a water wheel of adrenaline that I was either riding high on or completely in the side of the road, on the side of the road in a ditch from. And so today is the first in a series where I want to share with you one of the aspects, one of the pearls of the embodied intelligence coaching experience, which is reimagining our relationship to goal setting and setting goals that have a deep emotional drive and purpose so that we aren't relying solely on willpower or adrenaline or fear or self-loathing in order to make a change. That instead, those things are forms of intelligence that may inform us of areas where we may be out of alignment with our soul's truth, and that that friction, the pebble in our shoe, can be used 
to create the future that we desire for ourselves. But where there is no shame, there is no self-loathing, there is just intelligence and information of how to create more of what we want and more of what makes us feel good. And so you might wish to have a journal and a pen nearby because I'm going to be sharing some questions today. Coaching at its heart is really a skillful way of asking compelling questions. When I do a embodiment coaching session, there is a very specific process that we go through and the heart of that process is asking questions that open up new doors of awareness and new doors of possibility. And so I'll be giving you a little sample of some of those questions today. And before we dive in, I do want to say that I am rubbing my hands in anticipation because this week on Wednesday, June 15th, we open doors and cut the ribbon on embodied intelligence coaching. I open up to take new clients about twice a year. I work with a very small collection of clients so that I can give you a hundred percent of my attention. And this time as I open up for new clients, there will be a new website. One of my great joys and my deep promises actually in the agreement that I have new clients sign whenever we start working together. One of my promises to you is that all of my products and services are delivered with the embrace of beauty. Beauty is so important to me in the delivery of this offering. Even from the start of you considering if this is a journey that you might like to take, And so I am so excited to share the new Embodied Intelligence website with my subscribers first. If you head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching, you can join that list for the big reveal on Wednesday. Enrollment will be open through June 30th if we don't sell out before. And the first five spots have a $750 savings attached to them. So I would love, I know that many of you have courted my work for years. (laughs) I always find it amusing that when I have these pre-coaching conversations, most of the time you've sniffed me out, you've skulked in the shadows, you've listened to my podcasts, you've read my blogs, you've taken some of my other classes, and you're finally ready to jump into a more intimate, more held, more personal experience of deeply coming to your senses. And maybe this is your first time listening to this podcast ever. If that's true for you, I want to meet you too. No pre-skulking required to have a coaching conversation with me. So once again, head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. We are open for a limited time. The $750 savings is open to a limited amount of spots. And I would love to talk more about your goals, your dreams, and your desires, and how to not just receive them, but to embody them in embodied intelligence. 
So let's talk for a moment about goals. I like to say that goals are the containers in which we place our dreams. So I have a dream to be a published author. My goal is to write a book proposal. The flowing, fluid, feminine aspect of the dream, that pure creative potential is the labyrinthine (laughs) swirl that is that creative energy. And then the book proposal or the manuscript or whatever it is, the daily writing sessions, our actions are how we take that non-tangible and embody it in the tangible world. The word embody simply means to bring form to the formless. And so when it comes to goals, what words do you associate with the word goal? What thoughts and feelings do you have about setting goals? You might love setting goals, especially if you're a Capricorn. You might have a great relationship to goal setting. But if you are someone for whom your most valuable traits, the traits that you lead with, are things like empathy and emotional intelligence and creativity, you might feel terrorized by some of the language that's out there around goals. So in preparation for this podcast, I did a little image search around goals, and there were a lot of sayings out there like, slay your goals and go out there and kill it, you know, and lots of images of someone walking up a steep incline or something of that nature. And when we orient to that energy and that sensation, like when I just hear the tone in my voice, I hear this tenacious, excited, mama bear, fierce kind of energy, which is awesome. And that's what's, for me, at least at the heart of that kind of energy, at the center of the labyrinth. But when we live in a patriarchal world, that kind of energy, because it is in such excess, can crush our little spirit. And why we use the language of warfare and the industrial revolution (laughs) when it comes to our goals I don't really know. I don't know that it has to be that severe and that intense. However, in a world of binaries, masculine, feminine, right and wrong, heaven and hell, there are only these two options of being the hero who comes out with the dragon's head under their arm or the damsel in distress. And What we're going to talk about in this series is moving from the approach of what Joseph Campbell might call the hero's journey into more of an experience of the heroine's journey. So the hero's journey is essentially the journey of independence, where in a very boiled down way of explaining it, hero 
receives a threat. Hero goes into the woods by themselves and faces the threat. Hero wins. Hero comes out of the woods. Whole village cheers. Go, Hero. Hero gets flooded with validation. And if we were to talk about this in a biological sense, this would be kind of an adrenaline cycle. And we need this cycle. This is an essential part of being human. But there is also a way of going about this in what might be described as the heroine's journey, where it's not so much based on adrenaline and drive and that warlike intensity, but it's based in emotional depth and connection. So the heroine's journey might be something along the lines of person perceives a threat, person tells someone about it and says, hey, help, this is bigger than what I can deal with on my own. Community relates with one another and connects, and we all go higher as we face the threat together. And that threat could be something more serious. It could be something like, I have to pick up my kids and I have to go to a doctor's appointment at the same time. What the hell do I do? And this journey is really what's at the heart of coaching and being coached. You know, one of the things that's a little different about my coaching programs is that when we coach together, you have a direct line to me whenever you want or need. It's not just our one-on-one sessions and then we don't talk to each other until we see each other again. It's weekly sessions with a direct line of access to me in between sessions because this more heroine's way of being is relational. It puts relationship at the heart of growth and development of your inner heroine, as opposed to the more hero's journey, which might put something like strategy or willpower at the heart of the experience. And so I want to talk a little bit about these two approaches more in depth. And to begin, I'd love to share a little bit about the book, The Chalice and the Blade by Rian Eisler, which in essence talks about the difference between dominator culture and partnership culture. In our culture, we might call the more dominator model something like a patriarchy, where there is one sex or one group that is seen as supreme and superior. White supremacy is also a great example of a dominator model and where there is a hierarchy of strengths or resources and those in those positions of privilege and domination control the rest of the community. Whereas in a partnership model, It is something that we might associate more with the feminine because the essence and the heart of partnership culture is partnership and relationship. So our wealth is defined by our resources of one another instead of our resource of our individuality. And it's not one or the other. What I really love about this partnership way of looking at things is that 
there's still room for individuality in the partnership model. It's an essential aspect of the experience. Whereas in the dominator model, partnership can be a threat. And if we look at this in the context of goal setting, this more dominator model of going about crushing and slaying and dominating your goals is very focused on action. It is very focused on those broad strokes, big actions that create big results. You are the solitary hero. You achieve through hard work and pushing yourself. Whereas in the more partnership model, instead of being driven just by action and ideas, we're driven by deep purpose and emotional depth. Instead of these big, broad strokes, actions, small, consistent, daily embodiment of that purpose is what gets us where we want to go. Instead of the solitary hero, we subscribe to a, it takes a village approach and where our gifts are immeasurably valuable as are the gifts of others who contribute to our dream. In addition to work and action, this more feminine or partnership model relies on our magnetism and sacred seduction. Dominator focuses on the what, partnership focuses on the why. Dominator is outcome focused, partnership is journey focused, and this is the one I really want your ears to perk. (laughs) Perk alert, perk up those ears, because in the dominator masculine hero's journey model, pleasure is seen as reward or recovery, reward for hard work, or a way to recover from exhaustion. Whereas in the more partnership, heroine, feminine model, Pleasure is our source and our sustainability. Pleasure and regulation and cultivation of energy and joy is the lubricant that allows the experience to happen. And all of this is beautiful, useful information. But what is at the center of all of this is you and your being. So when we hear heroes, heroine, masculine, feminine, partnership, dominator, once again, it's binaries. And one of the most common things I hear in coaching is this reliance on the inner pusher, this conditioned way of being, and a fear of what would happen if we were to let that pusher go. Well, if I'm not slaying my goals my business will perish. Or if I'm not in total hypervigilance at all times around my parenting, I'm going to screw up my kid, you know? And that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense when you're in a hyper adrenalinized, if that is even a word, state, that any kind of softening is going to feel like the whole house could cave in. And I want to just name that our goal 
in a more embodied approach to goal setting is not one or the other. It is a reliance on something bigger than these binaries, which is your soul, also known as your intuition. And that instead of trying to fix or improve or change myself and my life, I seek one discipline and one discipline alone. And that is the discipline of hearing and trusting my own inner voice, particularly my loving inner voice. Because I got a lot of inner voices. There's a There's a whole cast of characters in there. And there is a tangible voice, one that I can taste and touch and hear. And it is that voice that is sometimes called the still small voice, not just the voice of thought or feeling or opinion, but the voice of truth, my truth. And that is also what I would call my embodied intelligence. And So I share all of this with you because if your way of going about creating goals has been hyper-masculinized, you will use that masculine superpower to now throw yourself into a more feminine experience if you're like me. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to get up at six. I'm going to go for a morning walk and be inspired by the birds. And then I'm going to sit at my table with my coffee and I'm going to journal. And, you know, it's like we bring all of our skills of doing because that's what we know to the experience of being. And that's very smart and it's very helpful. We need structure in order to feel safe. And you cannot manufacture being. You must relax into being. And so as this relates to goals, where I want to begin with the questions aspect of this episode is with, you know, we're not even going to talk about the creation of the goal today. We are first going to start at the most important place, which is the seed of your goal. So before we start architecting the tomato cages and the soil pH and all the other things that we might do in order to create the goal, we're going to take a moment to just sit and listen and sense the seed of it. I want to start with a quote from the Bible, actually. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so when we have a goal or a dream or a desire, I'd first like to encourage you and invite you to choose a word that you most want to embody in this season of your life. Maybe it's presence. Maybe it's guidance. Maybe it's enchantment, aliveness, inspiration. Whatever your word is, tuning into that now. Next question would be, why do you want this word? So again, focusing less on the what and more on the why. What's the deeper purpose here of you creating and embodying this feeling and this word? 
how will it impact the people in your life? What will be the consequence if you don't embody this word? What will your life look like in five or 10 years if you don't create whatever it is that this word is pressing you to create? Holding these questions simply in curious awareness. If you feel scared or stressed by these questions, that's a great cue to just take a step back and take a breath. What we're doing here is just looking through the viewfinder of your imaginative mind and then feeling that answer as it expresses through your body and through your emotional intelligence. Now, imagining what would my life look like in five to 10 years if I did embody this word? How would my identity need to change? in order for me to embody this? What are the obstacles that stand in my way on the inner and on the outer? Deep down, do I believe I am capable of this? Why is now the moment for me to embody this word? And so what we're going to talk about in the next chapter of this series is choosing your goal. So for now, I'm going to leave you and invite you to just keep imagining how you might take the essence of this word that you've chosen and bring it into tangible form in your life. And so there are so many more gems to come in the next episode. And once again, if you love a good reveal... And who doesn't head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching to claim your velvet covered row A first row seat to Wednesday's ribbon cutting and unveiling of the new embodied intelligence. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.